part of blindsidepods.com. This is a Metafan Show special. The Metafan Show Year in Review 2019. I'm your host, DEC. Welcome to Act One, Part Two. Entercom happens. Steve Buckley is an old friend of Kirk Menahan, going back to their days doing weekend work at WEI. Buckley, a Red Sox beat reporter, came out in the early part of the decade and since has been an advocate for the LGBTQ community. Menahan and Buckley worked together in various time slots over the years at WEEI. Menahan was approached by Buckley, a former reporter for the Boston Herald and current athletic reporter, to talk about his new venture at Radio.com. Menahan gave his full cooperation, and in reading the article was very disappointed. His disappointment grew to anger when Buckley refused to talk about the article on Enough About Me. Buck and I met for lunch... A few weeks ago, before this came out, I don't know, beginning of December, maybe somewhere in Cambridge, we sat down for maybe an hour and a half, uh, and we sat down, and the first thing he said to me was, I don't want this, you know, I'm concerned about writing this story because we're friends, we've known each other for 10 years, we've worked together, we're friends, I like you, you like me. Uh, I didn't pitch this, it was it was pitched to me by Sean Leahy, who's the the editor of the uh, Athletic in Boston, somebody I used to be editor of the Herald, I actually had him on the uh, podcast before when he first got the job at the Herald. Um, and he said, it's, "It's." He said, "I just don't want people to think this. That, you know, it's gonna be a fluff piece because we know each other." I said, "I don't care what you write. You know, I don't care what you write as long as it's honest. You can rip me with as long as it's honest." He texted me, I don't know, half a dozen times after that, ten times, with various questions. Talked to a lot of people I know. Wrote the story. Uh, I didn't give it a whole lot of thought um, until the story came out, um, and I think Curtis texted me. Right away with the quote from Sam Kennedy, which is fucking incredible. We'll get to it. It's just all it's all you need to know about that guy. Uh, we'll get to it um, in a second. He said, he's, he's, I don't think you're going to really like this story. I thought, well, OK, I don't know. So I sat down and I read the story and um, I, there's a lot of it I didn't like. Uh, he gets to the Aaron Andrews thing. Routine pot shots, he writes, at the Red Sox, Boston Globe, local politicians, some of them valid criticisms, others from out of left field. So he writes that. Some of them have been valid, he writes, okay. Uh, some from out of left field. Give me an example of one out of left field. What's out of left field? So he gives the, uh, he doesn't want uh, pot shots to be persistent at the point of bullying. He brings up the Marty Walsh fight we had in January 2017. January 2017, after Boston Mayor Marty Walsh said he'd be willing to provide shelter for undocumented immigrants in City Hall office as pushback on Trump's sanctuary cities, the mayor appeared with us, with me and Jerry. For an interview that got, well, goofy. There's Callahan asking Walsh to provide refuge for legal aliens charged with drunk driving. There's the mayor pointing out he was more interested in protecting children of undocumented immigrants. So you're telling us what I said, what you said last night is only children will be allowed to sleep in your office like you said in City Hall, I asked. And he said, don't be a wise guy, Walsh. Now, that quote has been used all the time. Ken plays it all the time. Walsh said he didn't want adults sleeping in there. And he said he'd be willing to offer the place up uh, for uh, illegal aliens. So I leave that that he was saying that he wanted children. I'm not implying anything or inferring anything. He said no adults in there. Children are welcome in his office. Now, of course, we know that's political bullshit. He was never going to have undocumented citizen children sleeping in this fucking office, but he's doing it to uh, to pander. So I called him out on it. Buckley stopped, says then it stopped being an intelligent discussion about sanctuary cities. Well, here's the other thing that Buck won't mention in the story because he's a he's a fraud is the column before mine, he wrote some shitty story about how, you know, enjoy it now, Patriots fans, because back in the old days, it was always losing. Uh, And he talked to a bunch of people. One of them was Marty Walsh, his friend, Marty Walsh. Buck doesn't mention that in the story. He's trying to curry favor with his friends. That's what Buck does best. And Marty Walsh, you know, doesn't like me. I don't like him. No problem. Not a big deal. But Buck doesn't mention that in his story. Doesn't mention he talked to Walsh. Doesn't mention he has a relationship with Walsh. There you go. Right away is 101 fraudulence right there. Fraudulence. He talks about the Adam Jones thing. And my quote to Buck was, in a perfect world, the higher-ups in this company would have told Sam Kennedy, Marty Walsh, whoever, leave us alone, shut up. Minahan's our guy. People like him. 
gets huge ratings. Don't be so sensitive. You do thing. You do your thing. You'll do ours. Click hang up. But I understand, as I said, the buck, the world doesn't work like that. So he asks, did the Red Sox push to get Minahan off the air or not? In an email to me, meaning Buck Christmas morning, Sam Kennedy wrote, Kirk is an immensely talented media personality whose ability to express strong opinions and drive ratings is indisputable. With that, sometimes comes controversy, which we fully understand. Given our longstanding partnership with the station from time to time over the past 17 years, we have expressed our opinions directly to WEI on-air personalities and management when on-air content has created concern among our employees, sponsors, and fans. That said, the Red Sox never called for the removal or replacement of Kirk or any other WEI talk show personality. Now, the Red Sox were a huge part of me leaving. That's not even disputable. Buck just leaves that quote alone, done. Doesn't follow up, nothing. Doesn't offer any, his theories and, 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 and thoughts on why I shouldn't do radio the way I do it, but he doesn't have any follow-ups. He's no, he has no questions about this, no, no, no thoughts at all. Let's look at this for a second. Uh, so I would say that my follow-up with the Sam would be, um, was, was Minahan one of the things that you've expressed opinions to over the past 17 years? And who is, who is WEI manager? Which personalities? What did you say specifically? What on-air content has been the issue? Was it an issue? Was it not? Was this an issue? Was this not an issue? How about the shots he took at you? What about last summer? What about the suspension? What about this? What about that? What about the rants he's gone on about baseball being boring? What about something? Do you have anything to say to Sam Kennedy, Buck, other than that quote? Another friend of yours, Sam Kennedy. Nope. Pass. Done. Move on. Minahan show has also been criticized for its handling of transgender issues. I would say, other than by uh, Bob Murchison, who, he, who Buck has here, like who, like where, where has this been? This widespread criticism. So again, the whole story that leads to Murchison, you know, the whole Jeffrey Tambor thing, the thing that me, me, Gary, and, and Jerry discussed. We've talked about this a million times. Murchison, who Buck interviewed for the article, makes the point that the transphobia is quite real. That trans people are insulted, attacked, and killed. Not only take his concerns of WI management, he attended a meeting in which Callie and Minahan were present, but he began to contact the show's advertisers and ask them if they're aware of its content. <laughs> if you looked at these emails, Buck makes it sound like it's a plucky guy just sending out some emails to some people. No, we're done. While listening to Kirk and Callahan, I became alarmed at the commentary I considered to be bullying of several different vulnerable populations, Merchant wrote to me in an email to Buck. I subsequently gathered audio examples and distributed them to sponsors of the show. I asked them to contemplate their brand relationship in that context. Done. That's it. That's, that, that, that's all he has to say about Murchison. That's all. Which is, to me, incredible. First of all, I mean, I, I have, he's taken things out of context. He's used parody account tweets, parody account tweets, like Callahan Forever or these guys, and sent them to, to advertisers, national advertisers don't know us, claiming they're us. There's, I mean, I have proof of that. He has badgered people, ask Kaplanskis, badgered people to the point where they have said to him, if you don't stop this, we're going to sue you. To other clients who have said, leave us alone. Buck never mentions that. And this is another Buck weakness. I think Buck, because he doesn't want to piss off the LGBT community, because he's a part of it, uh, he's afraid. He's afraid to even dig into Murchison, to dig into these people. He's afraid to do that. And that is another failure on his part. Didn't ask me about it. Didn't ask anybody for examples. Didn't ask, he makes it sound like Murchison's a guy who sent out some emails and that was it. This is a guy who will not stop. He's been relentless. And by the way, continues to be relentless on, no, forget that, and, and by the way, it's gone way past transgender. It's, it's the point now where he just takes audio out of context and just sends it. Just sends it. You know, if you say anything that's a joke or funny or whatever, he sends it, sends it to national people. He knows now the local people who listen to the shows, my old show and the current show, they don't, they, they, they fuck off is pretty much their thing. But the national people, he can still fool them. Buck doesn't get into that because he doesn't want to get into that. Because in his world, he doesn't want to admit that maybe, just maybe, Somebody who is on the other side, buck side of the world in the LGBT community, might not be a good person. Like I did with the Hernandez documentary, I'm pissed off at myself. I gave this guy two hours or whatever it was and, and texts and let my friends talk to him. Some of whom are still friends, Jerry and, and Alex and these guys. Others like Rob Bradford, I have no use for at all. And Buck, by the way, if you want to really get down to it, is just bitter. He's an old bitter guy who wants to be on the radio. Whenever you talk to him, he's happy to rip the shit out of the station. By the way, behind the scenes, uh, when he writes about other people, though, it's, it's not really appropriate. You really shouldn't do that. But he'll be saying, I don't know why I'm on the air more. I could tell you why, Buck. You know, because you're lousy on the air. You suck. That's why. The New England Patriots were in their third consecutive Super Bowl. In the previous two events, Menahan journeyed to the game with his WEEI partners. Though he would be attending the Super Bowl week again, he'd do it alone. No private plane. 
No engineers, no producers to help, no Jerry Callahan. To promote his upcoming Radio.com show, Menahan appeared on Barstool Radio with host David Portnoy. But he made arguably his biggest impact using Periscope, an app he learned on the spot. Mr. Goodell? Hi, Kirk Menahan, how are you? I was going to ask you a question at the press conference, I didn't get a chance. Can I ask you a real question? What's your, just can I get your thoughts on Barstool? Just the Barstool situation? Touch me. Can I get? I need like, can, can I get your thoughts on the barstool situation? Don't you think it makes more sense to go to barstool, have some fun with them, Mr. Commissioner? Have some fun with them. Just have some fun with them. Yeah, that. You don't want to talk about barstool, Mr. Commissioner? I'm not in. I'm not. There's a line here. Don't, 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 don't. You don't have to touch me. No, I'm not. You don't have to touch me. Name. ID. You don't have to touch me, Mr. Commissioner. No, that's I'm gonna need you. To, okay. Yes. I didn't no. go anywhere. There's a hotel. There's a line. No, cross but you, you have to have credentials to get in here. I didn't go in there. Yes, you did. Sir. No, you my went... foot did not answer. Okay. Sorry. I'm happy. I have, I have another film. Can okay. you apologize for that? Yes, I'm asking you to just step on me. I'm happy to do that. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Well, there we go. Mr. Goodell would not answer the question. I asked him. He made contact with me. Hand on rib. Hand on rib. Will I pursue legal action? Yeah, I will. I'll get the best goddamn lawyer in America. My guy to make it happen. Ah, ah, ooh, he got me right in that rib. Oh, ah, did you see Roger Goodell hit me in the rib? Oh, I think it's ah, oh, god damn it. Oh, ooh, Roger Goodell poked me right in the rib. I think it might be broken. I need to contact legally somebody. Do you know a lawyer? No, oh. Whew. Oh my god. Oh. I think I might die. Okay. Goodbye. It's been a great run. Radio.com. Radio.com app. On March 5th, Thomas Stackpole published an article in Boston Magazine about Menahan's departure from WEEI, arrival at Radio.com, and his mental illness. When reading the article, Menahan had a problem with the way Bob Murchison, the Sherborne transgender activist who was contacting Kirk and Callahan clients, was treated. And Stackpole's depiction of how Menahan's show was conducted. When you start a story like this, what is the what is the pitch? So you pitch it. What is the pitch? I've been watching uh, you on Twitter talking about not being able to come back on WEEI. My sense of what the story was and what I was interested in was, you know, here's a guy who's been controversial in the past and who is talking really frankly about his mental health in a way that you don't usually see kind of anyone do. Um, and it seems like, you know, he's he's maybe losing his job over it. So then I guess when you start digging into it, you find out about Bob Murchison. You and I talked about Murchison at length. One day was essentially <clears throat> about Murchison. And then you told me at the end of that that you had talked to Murchison for a while. And just to fill in, just if you listen to this, my guess is you know, but I'll fill you in just in case you don't. Bob Murchison is a um, an activist who has a transgendered uh, uh, son, uh, born female, transgendered, uh, is now male. Um, and Murchison, you know, uh, I would say harassed. Others would say contacted advertisers relentlessly. Uh, you'd agree that he's he's um, relentless, or you would say he's. Well, well, how would you describe him in a word? I think he has a pretty singular focus. I, I believe that I'm the first person that spoke with him on the record. That's and, right. And got him. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Is there a reason why you elected in this story not to mention his history battling with, say, the town of Ashland over stuff or uh, his neighbors or his long you know, history of legal entanglements? You make it seem like he's sort of singularly focused, but you would agree, I hope, you know, I, it, first I've asked this. I mean, I did, when I talked to you about Murchison, lay all this stuff out, correct? I mean, we did talk about all this stuff. Yes. Okay. Yes. Is there a reason why you elected not to put that in the story at all, even give it the sentence? Well, I mean, I think the... Because to me, I think it's a game with him to some extent. I think he enjoys that. I think the people I've talked to who won't go on the record because they don't want to deal with this guy in their life anymore, whether it's people in Ashland or people who's had real estate issues with, um, I think that's important to note if he's somebody's not just... You know, I think you paint him as some uh, crusader for transgender rights, where I just think he's a guy who likes to fuck with people. And I think that that should at least be given a sentence or two. So I guess I'd ask it again. Sorry, it's essentially the same question. 
Why was that never mentioned ever in the story? You know, I think for me, this was a story that was first and foremost about you. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a profile of Bob Murchison. He obviously features, you know, he's he's a significant piece of it. To me, I mean, I think there are two different ways to, to look at this. And I think that there's the conversation about deplatforming, which is sort of a larger cultural issue and, and I think is really relevant to what he was doing. I mean, he was um, contacting advertisers and saying, you know, this is content that I think is offensive. And, you know, do you agree or do you not agree? And, you know, do you want to? What's well, not? But I mean, but I mean, that's not. But I mean, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's not really that's not really what he was doing. You're making it sound like he sent a little email and said, hey, just so you know, this is some content. Does this is this is this bothersome to you? I mean, he would send them uh, emails to the point where, for instance, Kaplansky, as I told you, said, if you email me again, I'm going to, you know, contact the authorities for harassment i mean i told you that so it's not let's not make it out like he's this guy who sent out a couple of emails he continuously uh sent out multiple emails sometimes multiple emails a day so he will you know that which i told you about correct uh yeah you okay that. i felt like if i put his process out there then then people could decide for themselves on this issue the host uh made veiled jokes about Merchant's home burning down. Jokes plural, first of all. Is that true? It was part of a riff. You you guys were joking, Jerry. We said that Bob Merchant's home should burn down? Do you want me to answer the question? Well did you is that did well I mean you're you're dancing around it. Did did one of us say that Bob Merchant's home should burn down? There was no there was, I, I could tell you, Tom, there's no way that was said on the air. If we said that guy's name, we said the first syllable Joe Zarbano's office would dump it. So it's frankly impossible that that joke was said on the air. Impossible. There was reference to, you guys were talking about the activist. There's reference to, well, you know, if Dino was still on the show, you know, a certain house in Metro West would probably find <laughs> itself burned to the ground. So, so and then you referenced the website that had doxed Turtle Boys Robert. website. Yes. How was that? I, don't, I mean, so if John Dennis was on the air, which he wasn't, that's what Jerry said. And that's the hosts about a home in the Metro West. That's the hosts making veiled jokes, plural, about, about Bob Murchison. That's the audio that Murchison, as you just said, sent to you. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, okay. No, that's funny. Yes. And my last one is, I mean, what are, you, what are you doing talking to a professor of social work at Sacramento State about fucking sports talk radio? I mean, that's like, you know shit about it. He's never been on the air. I mean, David Nyland? I agree that, to disagree. Well, how does he know about it? He wrote a book about Jim Rome. <laughs> what? The Radio.com era brought us some new characters, like Dave Cullinane. Uh, Dave Cullinane, my new producer, was on the Minifan show. I listened to a couple minutes of it. I was um, underwhelmed, I would say, by Cullinane's performance. Mark Moroso Jr. You think the last episode was depressing. Wait till this one. <laughs> I mean, what's scraping the bottom of the barrel? Uh, yesterday at 1.07 p.m. By the way, I still want to be your producer like I want to breath my next breath of air. I think you meant breathe. Yeah, yes. That damn autocorrect. Uh, Mark Moroso Jr. <laughs> joins me. What does prolific mean? Do something a lot? There you go. Yes. Yes. I'm a prolific eater. Some free as you are. Some of <laughs> you're prolific not booking people for me. Well, it's hard. It's harder to read. I still have a job. I still have like two other jobs I'm doing. We need two other jobs. You have Hillman. I got the Hillman, and then I work with my folks for some extra cash. For what? For money. No, no. I understand for cash. Doing what? I should say. Oh, it's a general contracting. You know, so you know. Go ahead. Heavy lifting mostly. Yes. Um, probably where you're going to wind up, I would say, is where your future's taking you. And William Benditson. So I found this guy on Twitter, William Benditson. I am fascinated by you in total. I like your videos. I like you got a little attitude. I like that you're... There's something about you that works for me. I don't know. What is it about... You answered for me. You're a smart guy. What is it about you that I like so much about William Benditson? Well, uh, I was I covered the Patriots from 2009 to 2011. For who? And, uh, for CBS. Okay. And then uh, I came back. I went to law school because I was worried about the future of the business. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I came back this year for uh, Patriots Maven. Um, what and, is Patriots uh, Maven? And um, and so this year I decided, you know, with everybody put doing, you know, standard stories, People had said to me, you know, you have a funny personality. You, why didn't the last time you covered the team, why didn't you put more energy into it? Right. So this year I decided to start with the videos, and 
one day, I didn't even think of it. I just said best Patriots coverage in I the love business. It. Give it to me. Give me the opening of every video. Let me hear it. The name and the Patriots, best Patriots coverage. William Benditson, best Patriots coverage <laughs> in the business. Why do you Why do you go with that voice there? What is the What is that old-timey voice you're doing there? Yeah, I guess I just – people had caught on, and then people started retweeting it, and actually I got a retweet from Bill Burr. So you want – yeah, you, you, want, you, have, you went on – he went on your podcast, right? No, yeah. He went on – I flew all the way out to L.A. for the day. <laughs> During the Radio.com period, Menahan's podcast Enough About Me couldn't be released until Intercom executives had the opportunity to listen to the full show and give their stamp of approval. This led to heavily edited and sometimes scrapped podcast, with a Menafan habit of downloading the show as fast as possible in fear the show would be pulled back. Periscope was the one place Kirk could be himself without interference, and he showed his frustration in late spring. I am, uh in the mood, a little bit pissed off today. <clears throat> Let me just, uh, for you guys, give you some context here because this is really one of the few places where I can go on and uh, completely, you know, unedited or any of that stuff and, and, and do my thing. I agreed to, uh, to, to when, I, when I left the, the, the old place in November, you know, there were some agreements. I thought I was going to get a producer that I had in mind. Um, the show was going to start at a certain time. I'm enjoying the podcast. It has now been um, November, December, December, January, January, February, February, March, March, April. Almost six months, right? Almost six months. And I have no producer. I have a part-time producer, Mark Morosa, who's simple but well-meaning. And he sends me a text an hour ago saying that he's overtime is an issue because some fucking guy at AAF won't approve working on my show. Uh, I don't have a show. I have a podcast that is, uh, like, I get, like, an hour or two a day in a fucking cramped studio to do it. Uh, I'm busting my ass to do that and uh, being met with resistance every single step of the way. And it is driving me fucking bananas. I mean banana land. I'm not going to lie to you. It is frustrating. And it pisses me off. And I hate being in this fucking building anyway because of the, you know... I don't have to deal with them, but the fucking shit on the floor below me, those people who I have no regard for anymore uh, for various reasons. So it's, it's fucking frustrating. But it is maddening that I have to fucking, you know, beg and crawl and fucking plead to get two hours of, of time to do a fucking podcast while, you know, people who are way, way, I mean, you know, say what you want about me, like, you know, when I come somewhere, ratings go up. When I leave somewhere, ratings go down. There's no one else anywhere in this, in this city, Boston, who can definitively prove that. Um, and I am not valued. It's very strange. There's no value for these people. They just treat me like a fifth-class citizen. And it, uh, it can be frustrating. But I am... Ooh, am I in a mood? 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 I'll answer some questions. Fire away if you want for the next... I'll answer anything for the next 90 seconds. Two minutes. What is the plan if it doesn't work out? I think it'll work out. November 15th or whatever it was when I left the old place, this was not the deal. <laughs> I, I see a lot of Barstool stuff. I'm not going to Barstool. I love them, but I'm not going there. I'm trying to do my thing here, but it is, it is maddening. You know, I see the tweets all the time. You don't think I'm frustrated? It's friggin' May. You know, I'm plenty frustrated too here. I'm ready to go. And that's the other thing, and I see one of the questions as well. It's a great question. You know, why doesn't Radio.com advertise? The podcast is legitimately, I tweet out the link for the podcast, and that is the only promotion I get at all. And there are times where the podcast is, you know, in the top 50 or 60 on iTunes. That's in all sports and recreation department in the world. And it's one tweet. Uh, I'd like to think that, that, that there's, a, a, you know, I think there's a long-term plan, but at some point you got to say, just fuck, you know, what the fuck? Let's get moving here. For the final time to this point, Sporty R. McKenzie made a special appearance on Enough About Me. This time to interview a guest that Menahan had a rocky relationship with, Mike Lombardi. In the spirit of Menahan's interview with Lenny Dykstra, this one got out of hand in a hurry. Okay, we're here live, and uh, joining me right now is the author of Gridiron Genius uh, and the host of a podcast, Mike Lombardi. Mike, how are you? I'm doing great, thank you. How are you? Oh, I'm pr- pretty good. Thank you so much for asking me. That's polite. What, um, what, when you say Gridiron Genius, do you are you referring to yourself as a genius or geniuses you've worked with, or are you a genius? Uh, I'm referring to the people that I was blessed to work with. I think the plural of that 
probably was debated for a while, you know, but I thought that the, the title explained itself in terms of what I was trying to accomplish. What, what makes a genius? You know, that's a good question. Einstein Thank has you. five definitions of intelligence. Ooh, and, can, can I try? Uh, may I try and guess one or two? Go ahead. Um, I would say, uh, hmm, geez, nope, I'm stupid. Well, I think the first one, you know, the fifth one would be smart. The second one would be Ooh. brilliant. Oh yeah. The third one would be the the fourth one would be intelligent. The third one would be brilliant. The second one would be genius, and the first one simple. So I think simple plans usually. Uh, people confused with being a genius and I think that that's often what happens what what do you think what when you get around a genius like Bill Belichick do you get smarter do you make do you make yourself smarter or make me smarter by being around him I think you know if you're a lifelong learner you learn to be uh, learn from these people that you work with yeah no doubt what tell me about your podcast uh, the GM Shuffle is with, with Adnat Burke. We handle that uh, on Cadence 13. It comes out every Wednesday. We talk about all the things that happen in the NFL during the week. What is your favorite? I, I listened to you over the years, and I'm a little nervous. I'm a big fan, but when you when when you when you talk when you say like you know uh, you have quotes from like George Allen or evaluate the evaluate. Like, what is your two or three favorite quotes that you use in your day in day out life? Because I'm trying to use more quotes in my day in and day out life. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I think if we're all thinking alike, no one's thinking. I think that's critical. Who's who said was that? Was that, uh, that was that, uh, was from, that, Sun, that was Sun, Sun Tzu? From Coach Walsh. Oh, that okay. was from Coach Walsh in my book. Mm-hmm. And uh, is that Pat, know, so Pat, that, Pat? Is that Pat Walsh, the softball coach? No, I said Bill Walsh. Oh, Pat Walsh was a softball coach in my town growing up. I thought that's a quinky dink if you knew her. <laughs> mm-hmm. What are some other quotes? Uh, you know, I think that's that's probably about the one that I would think of most every day. Okay. Um, do you have any famous stories from Al Davis? Do I? When is this going to air? Can I? When will this air? You know? It, I will. It's going to air tomorrow. Is it your podcast? Yes. Okay. Do you have any anything else you'd like to add? Uh, no, I'm pretty good. Oh well, thank you so much, Mike. I really appreciate it. This is your interview. This is what you did. Well, I, do you have? I'm I'm always open to, to to. to ooh, now I'm nervous. I'm always open to to, to suggestions in, in in counsel. No, I'm I'm fine. Thank you. No, I what? No, I'm 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 sorry. I don't want to offend you. No, I'm fine. Thank you. I appreciate you calling me. Thank you. Ooh, boy, that did not go well. In one of the last Enough About Me episodes before separating from Intercom, Lombardi and Minahan reconciled and turned the episode with McKenzie into a good laugh. Minahan was given a start date of March 12, 2019, and the date slipped to the spring. As May 2019 came in, Kirk was told by Intercom's president of sports, Mike D., that he would be placed on its Radio.com sports lineup with shows like Scal and Pals and Big Time Baseball. Hesitancy turned to frustration, and then to refusal. This led to an ultimatum that would separate the two parties. On May 16, 2019, from as unorthodox a location for a media announcement as possible, Barnes & Noble, Kirk Menahan had some choice comments for Entercom and the expectations he had moving forward. I've been doing the podcast for the past couple of months. Some good, some bad, whatever. Obviously, the audio is an issue with it. Frustrates me. I have to do it from a booth of Mix 104.1. That frustrates me. The sound, uh, like I said, pisses me off. Um, what pisses me off the most, I think, and while I appreciate getting paid in full, and that's wonderful, is uh, I left the old place, uh, you know, El Titanicino, uh, in November of 2015. One second. Let me see the, uh, let me find the, Oh, let me see if I can find the... Oh, let me see. Sorry, I'm on the ground here. Let me see if I can find the ratings. Oh, there's the ratings for Mutt and Callahan. I just found them right there. And when I did that, I uh, I was promised things, you know? I was promised that I was going to have a show on Radio.com where I could do whatever I wanted to do, right? Um, 
It's now the middle of May. I have no producer. I have no studio. I have no firm show date. I have nothing. Uh, and I am gonna, I'm told whenever this show happens, it's going to be part of Radio.com Sports, which I don't want to do. I don't want to be part of Radio.com Sports. I don't think it's a good idea. I actually don't think the content on it is going to be good. I'm just being honest. Um, I want to do my own network. I want the Kirk Minahan Network on Radio.com, where it's my show, my podcast, other podcasts, other shows uh, for 24 hours a day. That's it. And that's all. So until that happens, or until I am told, A, where the studio is going to be, a start date, away from radio.com sports, in my own world, in a better place to do my podcast while the interim is going on, I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing a podcast. I will not be participating in anything. Uh, and you have one month, one month to do it. I'm going to give you till the middle of June. Today's what, May 14th? Is that right? Uh, you got a month. One, one month radio.com people, intercom people, to make that happen. Uh, or I'm going to uh, pursue things legally and leave. That's it. That's it. Then we're done. Today's the 16th. All right, thanks. I'm going to give you the June 15th. I'm uh, sick and tired of being fucked around. That's it. And I do believe now that I am being fucked over. I think they're just making me sweat and making me feel shitty about myself and given where I've been mentally and given the way the company treated me last time and let's be honest, like I'm glad they brought me back and they're paying me, I'm grateful, I work for nice people but I'm done, I'm done I'm the best radio personality in America and I'm sitting around waiting and doing a podcast at Mix 104.1 when the public access show is over so we're done doing that now there'll be no podcast, there'll be no nothing zilcho until I get what I want, which is my own network on Radio.com. I don't want to be on Radio.com Sports. I don't want to be on after Seth Payne. I don't want to be on after all this stuff. I'm done. Done, 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 done. So, you know, that's it. I got no other big things to do. You know, I, it's no big deal. And you can say I'm whining or whatever. Uh, but that's it. I was promised things. Uh, and it's been what I would consider uh, broken promises. Uh, from people, and I think there's a, a belief that they don't want me to be on the air right now, which is okay. Um, but let's just let's just end this right now, or let's give me what I want, one way or the other. Uh, and the ball is in your court. The people at uh, at Radio.com and Intercom, and there's good people there, and I understand. But I'm uh, I'm done waiting around. That's it. I kind of sat there and taken it, and like you know, a couple of things jumped out at me. Going in into that lousy podcast thing and, and squeezing in time, all these other shitty shows that go on and shitty podcasts are done and promoted and all that stuff. And I'm busting my ass to try and do this stuff. And I'm ignored and almost like mocked. And it's just like, you know, fuck it. I, you know, I'm done. Two, two men, two men have stepped up, I've thought of, by the way. Uh, one is Neil Young who I've mentioned a lot lately. Neil Young in his career has said, I'm going to do what I want and everybody else can go uh, shit. And that's where I'm at right now. I wasn't like that a couple weeks ago, a few months ago. I thought, well, there's a reason they're doing this. Well, there's going to be this. Well, I trust these people. I don't uh, I don't feel that way now. And this idea, I'm going to do a two-hour live-to-tape podcast that management's going to listen to and promote and, uh, and and give the thumbs up to. And, oh, good, good to go. Yeah, you did a good job today. A great interview today. Nope, don't think so. Uh, the other guy is Steve from Providence, an old EEI caller who I had on a podcast yesterday. And he and I screamed at each other for a half hour, but he made a couple of good points and made me think about it. Can you believe this? One of the biggest idiots who ever lived. Congratulations to Steve. That's really it. I wish it was deeper than that, but there's a lot of ways I'm frustrated and angry. And unfortunately, I do think the John Henrys and Sam Kennedy, who, by the way, is an asshole. Um, sorry. And uh, the rest of the... Uh, the rest of these people here uh, who've put this together, the Shirley's and the Murchison's, who is also a really big fucking asshole. Hello, Bob. Hi, Bobby. How are you? Um, I think it's I think it's time, you know? And, uh, oh, by the way, I do, I am pleased, by the way, that the uh, that the ratings of the EI are going down the toilet. I'm not going to lie to you. I think Joe Zarbano should lose his job, and I think Mark Cannon should lose his job. 
So that's it. That's it from here. Uh, and I'm not at the train station. That's not funny. That's not funny. Um, everyone can hear me okay? I think they tried to bench me on purpose. I think they tried to silence me. And so I think we're done doing that. And I'm not just going to take a lot of money to sit around and be silenced. Um, I actually bought their act for a while. And I think given my mental health and given my situation, especially this time of year where I am really struggling, um, I think it's borderline shameful that they've acted this way. So I've got the uh, Daily Arnold, If These Walls Could Talk books. I'm going to go in the bathroom and masturbate to that. Um, and that should be it. On May 22nd, Kirk Menahan found himself in retail again. This time, the Lexington CVS. Along with toiletries and vitamins, Kirk had another item in his basket. His release from Entercom. I could have taped a video and put it up on my, done it on the whatever, maybe got more views, but I'm a Periscope guy. I've always been a Periscope guy. I always will be a Periscope guy. And I am here to announce that as of what, 20, 25 minutes ago, everything was signed uh, and I am no longer an employee of Entercom. I am gone. It is over. The 10 year run or whatever is over. I am now the most sought after free agent in the history of media. There is no question about it. It is done, it is over. I can finally stop my hunger strike, which I, maybe I'll do that right now. Is there any food here? I'm at the CVS. It's a good time as any to stop the uh, hunger strike. It's over, I am gone. I am away from those assholes, finally, and their restrictions and their stupid rules and their shitty radio. You fucking assholes. You're gone. You're out of my life. I have never felt so free in my entire life. I am in Lexington, Massachusetts, by the way, uh, the birthplace of American freedom. And I chose the CVS because this is the CVS where freedom was first fought, where John uh, John Adams and uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes and uh, Tom Kite all got together and said, we are going to be free. And they went to CVS and they did it. So that's why I'm here. Oh. And it's a relief like you've never, ever, 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 ever seen in your life. Uh, the the Minifans, everyone's been great. Unbelievable. Can't thank you enough. I can't tell the people that come. Sit on this and rotate. Take a seat. Rotate around. Sit there. There you go. Let me, oh, let me clean up a little bit. There you go. We're done. So question is you know what's next and what's next is whatever I don't you know I'm gonna field offers for the next couple of weeks uh, a couple of people have already reached out I couldn't talk to them while I was still under contract with those assholes um, yellow crowd house on the background which I like hey now uh, so we'll see I don't know what the uh, what the next move is gonna be but I am just relieved and I have nothing good to say about the place I was just at. Nothing. They'll put out a statement that's just thanks for his whatever. We wish him well in his future endeavors. I wish them uh, not well at all in their future endeavors. I hope everything fails there. Everything. Um, every show, every radio.com thing, all the morons that, that are at that place. Goodbye. Joe Zarbano, the program director, who told me in a meeting in September, it would have been better off with regards to Bob Murkison if I had actually committed suicide. That dick, goodbye. He'll be out of a job soon enough. Jerry Callahan, that backstabbing fuckwad, goodbye. Uh, you know, Dale Arnold, you know, douche, you're gone. Gone. See you later. These people are finally out of my life. Oh, you have no idea what a relief it is. No idea uh, what it is to be gone. Just gone, 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 gone. And now I'm ready to go. Um... Wherever it is, whether it's local, it's not going to be local, I know that. I don't want to do any radio locally. I have no interest. Um, I don't want to do any any of that stuff. I'm done with that. Let's go. So what happened essentially was, you know, uh, I did the, I danced last week and I knew what would happen. When I did this video last week, I knew the company would react to it and get pissed off. And people who didn't tell me things before started telling me things all of a sudden. And we knew it wasn't going to happen. We knew some radio.com sports show, radio.com sports, which is going to be a fucking failure, a failure. Um, 
you know, I wanted no part of it. And so I said, you know, I got my lawyer on the phone and they got their lawyers and they got together and they hammered out uh, a deal to get me out of there. And out of there I am. And it's uh, one of the great reliefs of my entire life. You have no idea what it's like not to worry about these people. So let's go. Let's just get going. Let's get whoever, line them up. I'm sure they're going to start. You guys get, I gave, I gave Entercom, Enough About Me is mine, by the way. I have, I kept title Enough About Me, so I have that going on. Sorry, some guy's staring at me. I'm not going off on Mutt. I like Mutt. I have no issue with Mutt. They've allowed Mutt to be this character on the show, and shame on them for doing that. He's a good guy. Um, but we'll see what happens next. So I am going to field offers for the next couple of weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks, everyone's got to sign me up here, to sign me up. And there's already been feelers and I haven't touched them because uh, because I'm not I'm not gonna do that while I'm under contract. My non-compete clause is zero, zero, I just saw that question. 0.0, I'm gonna work tomorrow. I am free and clear of Entercom in every legal way. I can go to work tomorrow if I want. Uh, so maybe I'll do subscription service. Maybe I'll go to an established national brand already. Biba. Maybe I'll go somewhere else. Who the hell knows? I don't know. But again, in CBS, where they got together 55 years ago, all the founding fathers and mothers, and fathers who want to be mothers, because I have no, let me just be clear about that. Like, if you're, you know, if you're one of the founding fathers, John Adams wanted to be, you know, uh, Joanne Adams, that's like, totally cool like I have no issue about that whatsoever so we'll see what happens here should I end my younger strike with some Pringles maybe 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 I will maybe I will there's nothing better than a couple of Pringles to celebrate right mm. my first food in a week can't have just one though right can't do that so we'll see uh, I'm happy to tell, answer any questions. We'll do that. I don't know yet about, you know, between now and when I get a new job, I'm not going to the sports hub. I am not going to, uh, <clears throat> my radio life is over. My doing radio is over. So, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens next. Um, but that's it. It's over. I mean, you have no idea the shit I had to go through the last couple of months with these people. But uh, just in case you just signed up, I am done. I am free. I am removed from Entercom. And I am ready to go to work. Uh, and do, you know, you want to, you want to, you want to weigh in on whoever. You want to let people know. You want to make your voices heard. It's worked in the past. It's going to work again. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But that is it. I am at long last at long last a free man i'm seeing some tweets saying that this is a failure for me i have no idea all i know is it feels like success and it feels like a victory you have no idea what it's like to be away from these people um i have to say like it does feel free to say that you know i think john henry and Lynn Pizzuti both suck i hate them both you know if i'd said that in the past it would have been you know Every single freaking person there would have been jumping up and down. Uh, so yeah, so I'm happy to say that you know I have no use for them, none, none. So more and more relieved right now. So as things get firmed up here over the next couple of days and weeks, and there will be conversations, and I'll keep you guys updated. And I want to, uh, I want to see what you guys think where I go. But uh, but there's already been, like I said, a few things reached out haven't had conversations yet I will in the next couple of days and away we go um in the fan guys in the fan podcast in the fan world unbelievable job you guys are the greatest I've never seen loyalty like this ever uh ever for a uh, for a personality and there's a reason why um you know no one else is going to get that kind of stuff so I am ready to go on May 30th 2019 David Portnoy the founder of Barstool Sports tweeted quote Welcome, Kirk Menahan. End quote. With little fanfare, Menahan was now a Barstool Sports employee. The move was anticlimactic as it seemed Menahan would find his way to Barstool from 2017 on. Menahan had one more parting shot for Entercom 
with a surprise periscope from a very unexpected location. Well, a little bit of espionage here, guys. I have managed to break into the intercom building where I'm not allowed to be anymore to make this announcement that I am leaving this place that I hate oh so much. Intercom place has held me prisoner for years, treated me like shit, fucked with my mental health, um, and didn't believe in my vision. I am actually in the old TV look around here. This is the podcast studio where I did my shitty podcast after the show was over. The second-rate, rinky-dink, dog-shit studio that I taped in for months uh, while they were pretending they were going to give me some sort of show. So I wanted to come back in here and sort of say goodbye to this place and this building as I announce the next place. This is like a musical, like at the end of the first act when somebody breaks into their new place, you know, I've been down before, but now I see the rest, and it's going to be better than the rest. They probably don't rhyme rest, but I think you probably understand what I'm getting at. And I have a dream, a dream so bright, I can see right through the sky, that kind of thing. And so what we're going to do now is uh, head out of this place, out of my life, this place that's brought me down, fucked with me, and now I'm going to, as we all know now, Bar Stool Sports. Uh, Dave Portnoy and Erica reached out to me right after uh, I was done with Entercom. Both were unbelievable. Um, now, obviously, it's going to end poorly at Barstool, too. I'm going to go at them for being homers. I'm going to go at them for being, you know, shells of what they once were. You know, it's start, if everything's fine now. We're in the honeymoon stage. It's going to get ugly, and it's going to end really poorly. Probably six months, maybe nine. Um, but right now, I'm enjoying it. And I do have to say, Portnoy and Erica, who I, the ones I really dealt with mostly during negotiations, were, have been unbelievable. And, like, I had a, a call with them uh, last week that you want to have... Um, once in your life, if you're trying to get a job somewhere, where they said, we value you, we want you, we like your talents, we don't care about people who are trying to get you in trouble, we believe in you, we want you to be you, as opposed to this place where they were trying to bring you down the whole time. So, uh, that's it. Off to, uh, off to Barstool we go. It sounds to me, and you know, I'll let Dave and, and them, but it sounds to me, what it's going to be is this. Uh, it's not going to be on Sirius. It's going to be a daily podcast on within the Barstool world. It's going to be a live-to-tape show a couple hours a day. Uh, we're going to hire a producer. We're going to have a studio. They're moving on that as we speak. This is not going to be like last time where we're getting dicked around. Um, and I'm going to get to do what I want. I am officially a Barstool employee uh, June the 15th. So that begins June 15th. Uh, and it's going to be, I don't know what time it's going to be released every day, but it's going to be what I want to talk about. No restrictions at all. And off we fucking go. I've been dreaming for this. I've prayed, I've become religious. I've prayed to the Lord Jesus Christ himself with the abs and the, I don't like the, 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 the Birkenstocks. And I don't like a lot of hair, but I've prayed to him every day. Please get me out of this place. Out of here, sweet Jesus, baby of God. And bring me the bar stool. Bring me the Dave Portnoy and Erica Nardini and Za and Riggs and all these fucking whoever these idiots are. I don't even know what the hell. I don't know what any of them do, but bring me to these people. Bring me to them. And, uh, and, and God and Jesus have come down and said it's going to happen. It is free. It's going to be a podcast. It's going to be on iTunes and all the places you can get. Uh, all the places you can get them. Uh, so I say goodbye now to, uh, to WEI and Entercom one last time. This is the Mix 104.1 studio here. Uh, I don't know who this guy is. How you doing? Good, man. Welcome back. Uh, welcome. Yes, thank you. Um, so let's make our way downstairs and say goodbye one last time, shall we? As we say goodbye, I don't know the name of the podcast yet. Uh, I don't know, you know, I don't know when it's going to be on. I don't know what time it's going to be on. I just know uh, that it's going to happen. And we're going to have way more stuff going on here without question. We'll make our way down now to the floor where the radio station is. Oh, my old office is locked. It's not as emotional as I thought it was going to be, truthfully. It's a shame. But uh, we start soon. And, yeah, we'll be in Boston. We're going to do it in Boston. Um... And that's where it's going to uh, mostly take place. I guess we'll do some stuff in New York. I don't know the answer yet. Let's see here. Oh, there's the program director. There's Arbano's office. I'm in here. Let's sit here. 
I'm now in Joe Zarbonio's office. You can see what's going on here. I decree that we do shitty radio. I decree that we have no guts. I decree that we finish eighth in the ratings. I decree that Dan Cilio should be on every day. I decree I have an STD. So, there you go. This is Joe Zarbano's office. Unfortunately, I already took my dump this morning. I'll take one right now. Um, but that's really it. You know, this is this is what you're looking at. Is a, uh, is a go ahead. Hey, what's up, Kirk? How you doing, buddy? Nick. What's your name? Nick. Nick, nice to meet you. How you doing, buddy? Good, 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 good. Nice to meet you. Things are great. Say hi to everybody. On what's up, everybody? Yeah, you're a fan? Oh yeah. Yeah, not to be either, right? It's okay. You don't have to say it. It's all right. We know <laughs> you. No problem. All right, so that's it. So now we're uh, we're saying goodbye for the last time. How you doing, guys? Do you get the uh, take a look around here at the magic of this place one final emotional time before we say goodbye? Very well. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, there they are. There. There's Rich. There's they're meeting right now, I'm guessing, about me, freaking out. They, uh, you know, God knows what they're doing. So, that's it. We're going to start here soon. I'm just wandering around now, by the way. Uh, and heading out. And that's the announcement. That's the best I got. Um, the idea about the show, I think, you know, we had talked about it being on... Um, about it being on on Sirius for a while, but I think we all decided the podcast a better form for it. Um, a chance to sort of have a little more freedom within the stuff, have a couple, you know, a couple hours a day to do the show. There will be interaction. We'll figure out a way to get calls or however we're going to do that. Not going to be a big deal. Um, I still don't know where it's going to be yet. I don't know what's... Uh... One second. See you later. Have a good weekend. Oh, I'll take some candy. A little bit of candy wandy. And by the way, this is the uh, this is the this is the famous place where I confronted Felga. This is the parking lot, so it's a good place to say goodbye, I think. And uh, and that's it. Off we go. We start June fifteenth. Um, we'll have more details going forward, but I am looking forward to it, and it's going to be everything that I couldn't do the last couple of years, which I cannot absolutely cannot wait to begin and start with. So uh, so off we go, uh, and we're going to keep you guys. Uh, Keep you guys, uh, uh, people are texting me saying the surprise Entercom allowed this announcement. I can tell you, Entercom had no idea I was about to do this. Per usual, they just, you just walk in, they don't know what the hell's going on. I like the fact that this is going to be a show, and they just said, We trust you, we trust your talent, go do it. So that's what I'm going to do. Off we go. And with that, Act One is over. The roller coaster ride continues with Act Two. Minifans, stoolies, and mincells. Until then, I'm DEC.